Hello, and welcome to the Healing After Birth podcast. This is your host, creator and author of the Healing After Birth program, Jennifer Sommerfeld. Today, I have with me Kim Vopney, who is a self-professed pelvic health um, evangelist and is known as the Vagina Coach. She is a certified fitness professional who became passionate about spreading information on pelvic health when she was pregnant with her first child. She's a published author, a passionate speaker, uh, and women's health educator, as well as a mom to two boys. Kim is the founder of Pelvian Wellness Inc., a company offering pelvic health programs and coaching for women in pregnancy, motherhood, and menopause. She is also the co-founder of Bellies Inc., a company focused on improving births and postpartum recoveries with their revolutionary ab system. You can find her online at vaginacoach.com and belliesinc.com and on social media at vaginacoach and at Bellies Inc. All links will be in the profile. So I want to welcome Kim on our show because, well, first of all, when I came across the Vagina Coach, I was like, I need to talk to this person. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome. Thank you for being here, Kim. Thank you so much. I'm, it's a pleasure. I'm looking forward to chatting. Yeah, well, me too. So let's dive in because there were two things that really stood out for me um, in your work. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there right now focusing on pelvic health. Mm-hmm. And that's awesome. In particular, though, your title, The Vagina Coach, Everyone Needs a Vagina Coach, really stood out for me. <laughs> and so I, I wanted to ask you about how you came up with this name <laughs> and what it means for you. Yeah, yes. I, I certainly didn't grow up thinking that's what I was going to be. But um, I had been, I've been working in the field of pelvic health for over 10 years. And uh, about three years ago, I was speaking to a group of women entrepreneurs and I had written a blog post called why or how optimizing your pelvic health will make you a better mompreneur. So it was the mompreneur national conference and they had asked me to come in, basically take that podcast and and turn it into a talk. So Hmm. I was up on stage and I've got a room of, you know, there's about 400 women in there and we had been learning about all sorts of strategies for our business. How is it, how are we going to be, better uh, business owners and and entrepreneurs and we had all sorts of coaches standing up and you know marketing coaches what have you and and so when it was my turn to talk I came up on stage and I said so you know you've got a marketing coach you have a strategy <laughs> coach and now you have a vagina coach for your business and it and it just kind of came out and it, <laughs> it it everybody loved it and and it was just like a light bulb moment where I said that's really truly summing up what it, it is that I do and um, before then I had been uh, really focused on the pregnancy side of things. And I had trained as a doula. So I, my kind of brand at that time was fitness doula. And mm. as I became, you know, as I moved away from the pregnancy world personally, so my kids were getting older and I had more women coming to me who were perimenopausal and menopause, fitness doula just didn't quite resonate anymore. And I had been looking to expand. And as soon as I said those words, it just, mm. it was it that confirmed what it is so that's how I came up with it (laughs) It I love it flew out and and it has stuck ever since (laughs) sure yeah good moment of inspiration yeah (laughs) 
Yeah. So, well, let's talk a little bit about what a vagina coach does and, and who you are <laughs> as the vagina coach. Cause I had this image of, you know, like kind of like going inside, and, yeah, yeah. you know, but um, swimming in the vaginas, but <laughs> yeah, that's not I'm, what sure, I I'm sure, uh, I'm sure our audience <laughs> won't mind. <laughs> yeah. So um, when I was, well, growing up, I had a fear of, of childbirth, and but a fascination as well. I, I couldn't quite get my head around how babies came out of vaginas and women carried on. I knew it happened, but I didn't get it. Mm. And I sort of, uh, in my head, I wasn't going to have children because of it. I was afraid of going through what my mom went through. So she had episiotomies. She had bladder surgery, uh, sling surgery in her 50s. She had back pain chronically. And so I looked at it as pregnancy and birth really sort of disrupt the body and, and wasn't quite what I wanted to do. So as I got older and decided that I did want to start a family, I had uh, watched my sister-in-law give birth and that sort of inspired me to do things. Well, it, it, it really taught me that it was different than what you see in media mm-hmm. and uh, she used midwives. And so I was pregnant the following year. I was using a midwife and they had introduced me to a, um, I was asking about perineal massage and they said they've heard about this product called the Epino. So Mm. I investigated this product and I, it made sense to me. I got one, I used it and I had great success. Now I certainly credit the fact that I also use midwives and I I was doing a lot of preparation work. So I can't, can you explain what that is? Yeah. The, the Epino was a biofeedback device that it's, it's, it looks like the pump part looks like a blood pressure gauge and it's attached to a silicone balloon and that balloon is inserted into the vagina and it's inflated slightly so that when you do a kegel exercise or a pelvic floor muscle contraction it would squeeze against the balloon and then the the pressure change registers on that gauge so mm. you can visualize the contraction and then also the relaxation of the pelvic floor and then in the final weeks of pregnancy the balloon you start to inflate the balloon a little bit more each day and it what it does is if you've heard of perineal massage it's doing essentially the perineal massage portion, but really I view it more of instead of stretching the tissues in preparation for birth, I viewed it as a way for women to connect in with their capacity to yield and surrender and soften the muscles in the pelvic floor in the presence of sensations of stretch and pressure and discomfort. So Hmm. it's trying to as closely as possible simulate what you will experience in birth so that when you do it, you're you're familiar and you're, you've mm. become accustomed to, uh, to surrendering basically. So mm-hmm. I used that product and uh, again, I credit my midwives, I credit lots of things, but I started to, I, I contacted the company and said, Hey, can I become a distributor? So I, it, my intention at the time was not to have a business. It was just to have a bit of side money. And I would refer these through my midwives and other midwives to women who wanted to use it. And mm. Used it again with my second. Um, fast forward to 2009, I had been um, I had worked in fitness. I got out of it. I was working in HR. 2009, we we were living in Ontario. Actually, we had moved there for my husband's work. I was working full time. I had two kids in daycare. My husband is a pilot, so he travels and he was away a lot. And we had no family there. And I thought maybe I could do something with this product and be at home more. Hmm. And so. I said I'd give myself a year to grow it. And then three months later, I got laid off. So I (laughs) was all of a sudden doing it sooner than I thought. (laughs) And so what I did was I took, I recertified all of my fitness. So I had, again, been a personal trainer before. I recertified, I focused in pre-postnatal. 
And then I started to reach out to anybody who I could find who was talking about pelvic floor, which at the time was very few. There, it was mm. social media was just coming on the scene. You know, we had Twitter, mm. um, Facebook really wasn't a business platform yet. It was it was very much a personal platform. So I just was, you know, searching Google searching and trying to link up with whoever I could find that was talking about anything and mm-hmm. um, anything related to the pelvic floor and birth and and that's kind of how it started and then. Um, and then it's just evolved from there. So really what I do is I combine fitness principles with pelvic floor muscle training and movement practices and lifestyle modifications. And I help women through the various life stages. So pregnancy, motherhood, menopause, even if you've never been pregnant at mm. any point in your life, uh, if you don't have to have been pregnant to have pelvic floor challenges. So really it's about trying to break through the taboos associated with pelvic health, also to inform women and educate women and empower women to know that life as we age we aren't supposed to be living and accepting life with pads it's not just Mm. part of being a woman and Mm, um, so I'm I'm really all about changing that and and getting women to a place where they can can harness their own power and they can can Mm -hmm. take control themselves basically and and not rely on on pads and Mm. accepting that. I really appreciate that statement, life without pads. And, mm-hmm. you know, that was one of the comments that really stood out in your on your website, which is that light bladder leakage is not just a part of being a woman. Right. So I, I, I want to go into that conversation, both um, from a personal perspective, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've accepted that after three children, life with pads is my thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have conversations with my girlfriends about this. And of course, it's it, it actually was never, it wasn't something I was really thinking about. I just mm-hmm. accepted it. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I can't jump on a trampoline. And, and when I run, I leak. And mm-hmm. when I dance, I leak. And, um, and that's just part of birth. And, you know, that kind of inner dialogue that many of us have. And it didn't mm-hmm. occur to me to start to ask my friends about it. <laughs> No, it was, yeah. it was just like, yeah, whatever. This is my lot in life. <laughs> yeah, and, and a lot of people do that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's pick up what we're yes. talking about. Is um, it's, it's not yeah, normal so to have light bladder leakage. Many women, as you were saying, you you sort of just accept that that's the way that it is. You've had children. Uh, things are different. And we hear from media that it's just part of being a woman. So we accept it. And what I hope in the work that I'm doing is to inspire women to learn and to ask questions and to seek help, but to seek help from practitioners beyond their family doctor. And I don't want to discount the role that the medical community can play, but I I believe that it shouldn't necessarily be the first Mm -hmm. line of defense. And right now that's usually women have gone through years of the suffering, the embarrassment, the shame, the questioning, the accepting all of those stages. And then finally they say, okay, I really have to do something. And they, they go to their family doctor who will sometimes say you should do kegels or sometimes they'll refer on to, a urologist or a urogynecologist, just, you know, some sort of other pelvic health specialist. But the piece that is missing from that is pelvic floor physiotherapy. And 
when I was first starting out and starting to try to sell that EpiNo product that, Mm -hmm. you know, I wanted everybody to know about, the people who were referring most to me were pelvic floor physios who were working with pregnant women. And I, at the time, had never heard of a pelvic floor physiotherapist. So I started to link up with them to understand more about what they were doing. And I I remember very distinctly sitting in a a room with a, a, a physio from Ontario And as she was talking to me and explaining, I just said, how can it be that not every single woman has this as part of their birth preparation, as part of their recovery plan, and as as a part of their ongoing health maintenance? I I, just, it floored me. And that's really what kind of pushed me forward. Even I I already had the passion, but it just, it ignited this fire in me that I said, it's not right. And, and, and we need more women to know about this. And every single woman should see a pelvic floor physiotherapist annually, and especially women who are pregnant and have given birth. And so um, I, I want to really, really shout from the rooftops that that is a resource. It's a very underused women's health resource that we have. And, and that I hope all women see and seek help from the the cure rate Mm. for incontinence is over 80 percent with the help of pelvic floor physiotherapy and and consistent correct pelvic floor training muscle training and most women who are dealing with pads and living with leaking Mm. they their problem can be changed so so quickly and they don't have to have pads and they don't have to have medication and they don't because once you're in the medical route and you're you, if you start to take medications or if you're told that surgery is going to be an, uh, uh, you're, you're, you know, it's going to happen down the road, it sort of, it deflates you and it takes away your uh, confidence and hmm. people then stop moving because they're afraid of making things worse. And that then leads to other health challenges. And if only we knew and, um, and used this amazing resource hmm. that we have, then I think it would really t- totally transform the the pelvic health landscape for so many women. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. And I actually interviewed a pelvic floor physio on this podcast. Um, so if people want to awesome. hear from a physio, they can go back and listen to that podcast with Mandy. Um, mm-hmm. so, so how the do physios you differentiate really, yourself from a we pelvic floor physiotherapist? And they are the experts in terms of assessing and treating uh, the, the pelvic floor <coughs> muscles themselves and, and working ex- uh, internally. And the work that I do supports what they have done. And I help people then put the movement piece into practice because uh, uh, back in the day, so one of my business partners in Belly Zinc is a pelvic floor physiotherapist, and she always says that uh, before she had met us um, and my, myself and my other partner, she had she was afraid to let her clients go back out into the world of fitness because there were very few people trained in the fitness realm in women's health and fitness and understanding the changes of pregnancy, the biomechanical aspects, the hormonal changes, all that stuff. And so she was really hesitant to put people back out into kind of in, refer them on. Mm-hmm. And part of our, the, the courses and what have you that we teach in Belly Zinc is we're mm-hmm. trying to train more fitness and allied health professionals who can work in collaboration with the physios. Because we want the physios to respect the fitness 
professionals who have the knowledge not to diagnose, but to, to help assess and to help move the clients and support the work that the physios do. And we want to have the, the fitness professionals aware of all of the changes and questions that they can be asking and, mm. and helping with the screening process to be able to refer on to their physios and then take them back after that internal piece has been done, so to speak. So the physios really handle that internal assessment treatment piece. Mm. And we as fitness professionals help support the movement and lifestyle practices and make sure that women are consistent with their, uh, with their pelvic floor exercise, because it's, it's, I always say it's a kegel. Kegels are a lifestyle. It's not something you do as a quick fix and then you're good. You, you need to maintain the awareness of your pelvic floor for life because you go through Mm. all sorts of different changes and it could be from, accidents it could be from pregnancies it could be from surgeries it could be from the job that you have it, like so many things influence the pelvic floor and uh, and so we need to be aware of those through those mm. life stages and and my role really is to help support women and embrace a, a kegel lifestyle <laughs> yeah you know i've heard a bit of controversy around kegels mm-hmm. Yep. And I, I see here that you offer a 28 day Kegel mm-hmm. challenge. And obviously this mm-hmm. is a big part of your pelvic health regime um, or vagina health. And yeah. So why don't you tell us a bit about yeah, so your perspective I, and experience I with Kegels and, and Kegels why that's such a focus. Purposely because they did have a bad rap and for a while people were shifting away from that term and they were calling it pelvic floor muscle training or pelvic floor exercise, pelvic floor fitness, all this type of thing. It's, it's the same thing. It's, it's just a different name. And so my stand on that was that by changing the name, it doesn't necessarily mm. change the, what we're trying to get women to do. And, and studies have shown that most women do kegels or pelvic floor muscle contractions incorrectly. And so part of the reason why kegels got a bad rap is because people Mm. had in their minds what they thought a kegel was and and they were doing them most people were doing them incorrectly so then the shift started to be well let's try to get people to have a better understanding of what it actually is and works and so my stand a, a kegel is a pelvic floor muscle contraction followed by a relaxation so it's a voluntary contract and lift of the pelvic floor muscles and then a voluntary letting go of that contraction or relaxation. And what's happened over time is like many things in fitness, people think harder or stronger or longer or what have you is better. And they focus so much on the squeezing and oftentimes they forget about the lifting. Oftentimes they're using other muscles to do the squeezing and not Mm. actually their pelvic floor. Sometimes they're bearing down to do it because they're trying so hard. And then they're forgetting to relax and let go and release that contraction. And a lot of people actually just naturally are holding, sorry, I shouldn't say naturally, but through their life, they are holding more tension that would be considered optimal in their pelvic floor. So by doing more squeezing, it doesn't necessarily help. So the people who were saying, oh, I've I've tried Kegels, but they don't work. Hmm. It's, I mean, I'll never know per se, but were they doing them correctly were they focusing more on the contraction and not on the relaxation piece? And, you know, so there's a, an education that needs to happen, but it's the term that most people know and associate with pelvic floor fitness is kegels. So let's use the term we know it's much easier to say. Um, 
but let's teach it the right way. And Mm -hmm. that's really what my aim is, is to really get women to understand what the pelvic floor is, how it's supposed to work, what a true Kegel is, and that a really great way you can self-assess and you can also work with a pelvic floor physiotherapist Mm -hmm. to, to learn how to do a proper Kegel. And so if we can teach people properly from the get-go and use the term, then in, you know, lifetimes to come with our younger generations and what have you, it will be, the term will be Mm -hmm. known and it will be used and, and acted upon correctly, if that makes sense. So, um, so Kegels really are, uh, another term we use is called core breathing, which Mm -hmm. essentially is a coordination of the breath with the pelvic floor muscle contractions. And it helps bring the understanding and awareness that the pelvic floor is the foundation of the core and kegels are a core exercise, um, but and they can also be brought into other movements so that you're always kind of pelvic health, uh, pelvic floor aware, I guess is the best way to say it. Mm-hmm. How much of your work also... Um, and so I'm not trained as a sexual health or sexual educator health. or therapist. Um, I have a few people in my network that I link to for uh, help when it's beyond my scope or understanding. So I, I essentially in my work, I'm letting people know that because it's very common that mm-hmm. women come to me and say that sex is different. Sex hurts. I don't have as much sensation. I, you know, I don't have, my orgasms aren't as strong. Mm -hmm. And a lot of time by optimizing the pelvic floor, it can help improve those symptoms Mm -hmm. of, of, you know, lack of sensation or what have you. So sometimes it will obviously go deeper than that. And so that's when I'm referring on, but it plays a huge role. Sexuality plays a huge role and pelvic health plays a huge role in sexuality. So, um, and and also from a confidence perspective, because if women are living with incontinence or mm-hmm. if they're if they have prolapse their confidence levels are not where they used to be they don't feel sexy they're afraid they're going to leak uh they're ashamed maybe they're that their partner might see or feel their prolapse mm-hmm. um maybe their partner they're afraid that their partner's not enjoying it as much because if they lack sensation meaning the woman lacks sensation then maybe the partner is too and so it's a it's a huge huge piece of of sexuality and, um, and needs to be discussed regularly for sure. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you for approaching that. Tell me a bit or tell us a bit about mm-hmm. Belly's Inc. And so the abdominal when I was exercises out, associated you know, when with I, that. I lost my job and now I was reaching out to people. I was also learning about the connection between diastasis recti or diastasis pardon me and the pelvic floor and starting to explore that and I had taken a training with a woman Mm -hmm. in New York and my intention was to come and back to Canada and bring that to to Canada her products and her program and I started then reaching out to other people who were working with pregnant women one of which was a personal trainer named Samantha pardon me and uh, we, she went down and took that same training and we were going to collaborate together. But the more mm-hmm. we used that, the protocol and the products, we, we weren't, our customers weren't loving them. We weren't really totally sold on the, on the exercises themselves. And we started to develop our own kind of practices. And in the meantime, we had a physiotherapist referring clients to us. And so we've tracked that physiotherapist down. Her name's Julia. And the three of us had a coffee and said, 
you know, we really feel like there's a void in the market. Uh, we think that we recognize that mm-hmm. wrapping can certainly help heal from a postpartum perspective in the abdominal wall and the pelvic floor, but we don't love what's out there. Uh, we feel that exercise is a huge, huge piece that's missing mm-hmm. from all most of the other products that were out there. So we decided to make our own. And we set out with the intention of creating a postpartum recovery wrap. And um, so, you know, we knew nothing about manufacturing and that kind of was mm. a bit of an eye-opening mm. experience for us, but we, we, we made it through. And, and along the way though, we had other mm. women. So Samantha, her separate private business was um, uh, in-home personal training. And she had a group of trainers who all wanted to learn what we were doing. And we put together a course and used them as our guinea pigs and, it went really well. So that's how the education piece of our business started. And that sort of helped fund our development of our product. And then in May of 2015, we we launched it to the world. And essentially what we are trying to do is bring the philosophy of mother roasting to modern day women. So I, I mean, mainly North American women, but um, it can apply to other cultures mm-hmm. as well. But there are many traditions around the world practiced mm-hmm. in other cultures that talks about the first 40 days um, honors that kind of the sitting month it's called and it, it's focused on rest and recovery and replenishing and in our culture in, in North America we are celebrating the women who are back at the gym at two weeks postpartum and who are posting selfies showing that they you know they have no belly left and um, and, and I wanted to shift that we, we wanted to change that narrative and make women um, kind of more aware of honoring the process and the need to recover. So embracing the philosophies and traditions of heat and wrapping and uh, massaging, we, we wanted to develop a product that helped support that. So the, the mm. world of waste training is a bit, is really quite detrimental to the pelvic floor. And we wanted to make sure we also were differentiating ourselves from, from that. And so our pro- so waist training is is um, mm. what so it, what is waist there, it's training? Similar to corsets, where uh, women are are putting on corsets and then they eventually get tighter, mm. yeah. you know, quote unquote, shrinking the waist and flattening the abs. And what's happening is there's it's squeezing or squishing the inside, so it's restricting breath. It's it's influencing in a negative way digestion and it's also putting a lot of pressure downwards onto the pelvic floor and so when women have given birth and they're looking at their Mm -hmm. belly and again in in our world we they're thinking oh my gosh I have to I have to look like I've not had a baby as soon as I possibly can and I need to have my selfie and so women are are often attracted by the thought of squeezing and flattening Mm. and tightening and and we, we wanted to make sure that especially right after given birth, where there's already been some uh, quite mm-hmm. a lot of activity downwards on the pelvic floor and through the pelvic floor, that it's not a time to put more there. It's really a time to uh, rest um, and to wrap. So wrap from the bottom up, wrapping mainly around the pelvis and lifting the, the belly up and providing support mm. to the pelvis and the abdominal mm-hmm. wall where the muscles have been stretched beyond their optimal length and their capacity to assist and control and stabilization is hindered temporarily. So the wrap is meant to provide external support while the internal support is rebuilt through exercise. So by no means are we saying that 
you should be on bed rest. And, and I don't necessarily believe that a sitting month is something where you're inactive that whole time. The tissues need to be loaded. But that first week, quite, it, you know, offload, rest, recover, recuperate, allow the tissues to start their healing and then start that regeneration and that core retraining process with the support of the external wrap in the first few weeks and then eventually you're you're weaning off so that's our philosophy behind it um and what we have found is women we have no studies with our product but we found that women who are wrapping and using the uh, recovery exercises the core confidence exercises that we have um, many of which are oftentimes second time moms so they're comparing it to their first and their recovery, their words are their recovery is, fa- is faster, mm. that they look better, they feel better, they are able to do more, and they had less discomfort, like those lingering discomforts of, um, of the postpartum body, they had less of. And uh, so yeah, we, we want, we want our main customers to be first time moms, but it's mainly second time moms, <laughs> because they, they've gone through and they recognize that they maybe should um, mm-hmm. should, but maybe they want to do things differently than they did the first. Uh, they're learning more the second time. Um, so they've given us something to compare to, but hopefully one day we have some, some studies with mm-hmm. our product that we can, can talk about, but it's really important from the core, from a healing of the abdominal mm. wall and diastasis. So the, the internet has kind of exploded his, um, some, and made some, created some hysteria around, diastasis and people are really concerned about closing the gap and getting rid of this you know space in between the rectus Mm. and there there's newer research and pointing to the fact that it's really about the connective tissue and the fascial system rather than the position of the muscles so it's still interesting and we want to know where those muscles are but it's not about closing a gap it's about regenerating that fascial system and a huge mm, player mm. in that regeneration process is the pelvic floor so by getting women and we we ideally have women in pregnancy so they buy our product in pregnancy so they start that those core confidence exercises and they get familiar with the pelvic floor and the connection to the breath and how to activate it and then once their baby is born they wrap and restart their exercises it's a series of eight exercises done sequentially and um, and it really helps get that synergy back in in the core with the the leading of the the energy so to speak from the pelvis Hmm. Hmm. it's so amazing where we're at today in terms of sharing information and supporting one another you know it's it Mm -hmm. is interesting that so many moms still struggle with the notion of isolation Mm -hmm. yet we have so much available to us right through technology and it can be a paradox that's for sure uh yeah I, I remember learning about wrapping when I was doing one of my midwifery internships in Mexico mm-hmm. and um, also learning you know uterine massage techniques and and I had also wrapped with my third and Mm-hmm. The one takeaway from that experience for me, like you said, it's mm-hmm. like kind of from mm-hmm. the bottom up was this sense of mm-hmm. great relief. Mm-hmm. Like I had just, like, I just felt so supported, yeah. you know, <laughs> I was like, oh, this feels so good <laughs> to just kind of have everything supported and held in place. And it, and, and it really was not about 
um, like my muscles or it wasn't about trying to get my yeah. abs back or a skinny tummy. It was just yes, the comfort exactly. and it's of such a huge feeling like my a, insides aren't going to fall and, and out of me. Women say too, they put it on, they're like, <sighs> they can, they're, they're, when without it, they're working so hard to try to find the stability yeah. that again, it's been lost temporarily. And, and with our busy lives and our rush to get back, it's, it's a real struggle. And mm -hmm. I always equate it to swaddling of the baby. And, and a lot of times swaddling is used mm. to calm the babe and to help them feel safe and secure. And, and mm. this is kind of like swaddling the pelvis and swaddling the mom and just allowing her to take a breath and 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 be calm and supported it, it's a huge piece we mm -hmm. have to support our moms too mm. yeah and what about moms who've had a yep. cesarean birth yeah yep. is it um yeah do you recommend thing. it there or are some it, women who, does that okay it, it's yeah. very answer, answer that question yeah. <laughs> what sort of um, like some people like the the wrap immediately and and enjoy the sort of the compression, the gentle compression against the incision, whereas others need um, they'll just wear the base layer tank that we provide first and then eventually put the wrap on. We actually had one midwife who wore it backwards, so she put the lumbosacral pad, which normally goes you know in the back over top of the sacrum in the into the low back. She wore it with that over her incision because she actually liked more support and more compression against her incision so there's lots of flexibility in terms of how you wear it or when you wear it but absolutely it's it's 100 you can use it right away just as you would with a vaginal birth and um yeah i know in the states a lot of women who have a cesarean mm. in a hospital are actually sent home with a, a binder or a wrap of some sort and um and not not the women who've given birth vaginally which i always think is is interesting so they they're supporting the incision essentially the the they want the compression against and the <laughs> the the support for the women who've had the surgery but i i believe it's applicable to everybody um regardless of the mode of birth mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah thank you for sharing that i I would mm -hmm. like to close on a conversation <laughs> around your prepare to push. <laughs> um, I love talking about um, mm -hmm. the descent pushing so face. I'm I, very curious again, about what this program I, is. You know, I, I'd lost my job and now I'm trying to get the word out. And I was coupling my fitness training with doula training and really wanted to come from an, an uh come from an area of prevention and really get women thinking about how to actually prepare for birth and how to prepare for their recovery and bringing fitness in a principle in fitness is a principle of specificity, which states that you, you want to train as closely to the, the event that you're going to participate in. So if you're going to climb a mountain, you have to do lots of progressive climbs. If you're going to run a marathon, you have to run increasing distances and, then you have your race and then you have a very structured recovery time afterwards. So I looked at pregnancy and birth the same way and, and wanted to get fitness brought into birth preparation training mm -hmm. so that women were training for their event, uh, which was birth in a very specific way. So training for the, the birth positions that are most optimal and getting them first of all aware that there is a birth position beyond on your back with your knees at your ears that you see in media all the time 
there's lots of different birth positions and also getting them aware of the fact that birth is a dynamic process. Mm. It's not something that happens to you where you, you, you know, quote unquote, take it lying down, right? You're, you, you're up and you should be moving. And uh, so Mm. bringing that philosophy into, uh, into their birth prep while they're still pregnant. And then from a pushing perspective, it's, also educating on the fact that it's it's a reflex and it's something that when conditions support uh basically conditions support a safe feeling where you're you're birthing where you feel safe and supported then it's more likely that that reflex is going to happen and uh and it's not so much about you know, reaching a 10 centimeter mark and then somebody saying, okay, you're ready to push and now hold your breath and, and push for 10 seconds and go purple in your face and, and all that kind of stuff, which again, we see that and we think that's how you, you give birth and oh my gosh, you're going to have to scream and yell and, you know, people are going to count for you. And so just trying to change the imagery that people have and, mm-hmm. um, and recognize that there's ways that you can facilitate that the urges to push and the onset of that instinctual response that our body has through birth positioning, through breathing, through visualization down to the pelvic floor. So in um, pregnancy, I'm talking a lot about that core breath and the the kegels where there's a voluntary activation of the pelvic floor and a conscious relaxation. And then in the final weeks of pregnancy, teaching women to change that slightly Mm -hmm. where they're instead of exhaling and, and contracting and lifting their pelvic floor muscles, they're exhaling while trying to visualize that space between the pelvis between the sit bones and the pubic joint and the tailbone, that that sort of diamond shape um, area, thinking about it expanding and softening and releasing even while you're exhaling. So they're sort of practicing what they're going to be doing when they're pushing. And then ideally, if they've done epino training or perineal mm. massage, they're also familiar with what it feels like to surrender and yield to discomfort during that time. <coughs> Excuse me. Mm. Mm. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah, yes, <laughs> I, 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 I can cough too right now. <laughs> um, thank you for sharing that. I, you know, I think the conversation around pushing is really important. And specifically, as you were saying, it's that sense of unknown around what is that going to feel like and and really truly like you said at the mm-hmm, very beginning mm-hmm. how does something that's six seven eight nine ten pounds you know yeah. actually come out of this space <laughs> that in my mind yeah. is the size of maybe a loony <laughs> right it really does mm-hmm. um exactly cause us to wonder and generate fear and yeah. And so I'm hearing that you're really trying to alleviate that fear and through active engagement, which, um, you know, connection to the body and becoming an active participant yeah, exactly. in, and, and fear is a in huge the piece. experience and I think of birth, there has been a lot fantastic. in the last so few years I, around informed consent and, and mm-hmm. informed choice. And really, that's ultimately what I'm trying to get women to do is ensure that they are informed, they can make choices uh, in their birth when they have knowledge and when they have been working with their body, they have confidence about their abilities and they have better trust in their own body and they don't need to rely on somebody telling them what to do because they already are going to follow their own instincts and know that they're capable of, of 
of this, even though they've never done it before. Mm, absolutely. Um, Kim, what would you like your listeners to know what's the most important I always thing say this and it's it's becoming probably ad nauseum for people today. who've heard me before but really truly it's the it's pelvic floor physio really truly is is the I feel like <laughs> I've said it before the most underused women's health resource that we have so if there's one thing that you do find a pelvic floor physiotherapist in your area and see them even if you have mm. no symptoms and just have a check-in like you do the dentist and uh, check in every year and, um, and, and stay in control. And mm. um, yeah, that's, it's, it's the truly hands down the most life changing thing that women can do. They learn a whole heck of a lot about their body. And then a lot of people say, I can't believe that I'm, you know, 47 or mm. 35 or however old you are the first time you go and say, I've never known about this about my body or um, and it can make, make a huge change. If you are dealing with symptoms, um, it can make a huge, huge difference with regards to your confidence and your, your feelings, the symptoms that you might be experiencing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the resources that you is, offer um, where you and how people can work with and, you. Um, a lot of people start off with me just to learn more about what I do with the 28 day challenge. I do have one coming up on May 21st. And uh, run them pretty much on a monthly basis, and um, it's 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 really fun and engaging. And there's a great community that participates in that. Um, there's also a find a physio listing on there, and it it was very it is still very Canada centric, but um, slowly I'm adding practitioners from around the world as well. So you can just enter in your city and search and find somebody if there is somebody listed in your area. Um, so you can find that on the website as well. And um, yeah. Hmm. Yep, that's belliesinc.com. And then and, for the um, wrapping, that's a different You can find website. all the information with regards to how to put it on and mm-hmm. some user testimonials. Our Instagram page has a lot of uh, visuals with regards to users who are mm-hmm. wearing it and, and showing um, what it looks like and what they're doing in their recovery. So, um, yeah, you can find us there. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm so grateful that you came on the show today and also just everything that you're offering Mm -hmm. um, mothers, non-mothers, menopause women, you know, just everything that you're doing (laughs) is very needed. And I can tell that you're incredibly (laughs) passionate about it, which is, (laughs) yeah, Yeah. well, that's, you know, that's exactly where we need to be when we're passionate about something. So thank you for all the work that you're doing. You're welcome.